time. Destruction of minds, bodies, and human rights. Stripped of bloodlines, whipped and confined. This is the American pride. It's justifying a genocide, romanticizing the theft and bloodshed that made America the land of the free. To take a black life, land of the free, to bring a gun to a peaceful fight for civil rights. You are desensitized to pulling triggers on innocent lives because that's how we got here in the first place. These wounds sink deeper than the bullet your entitled hands could ever reach. Generations and generations of pain, fear, and anxiety. Equality is walking without intuition, saying the protector and the killer is wearing the same uniform. The revolution is not televised. Media perception is forced down the throats of closed minds, so it's lies in the headlines and generations of supremacy resulting in your ignorant, privileged eyes. We breathe the same and we bleed the same, but still we don't see the same. Be thankful we are God-fearing because we do not seek revenge, we seek justice. We are past fear, we are fed up eating your shit because you think your so-called black friend validates your wokeness and erases your racism. That kind of uncomfortable conversation is too hard for your trust fund pockets to swallow. To swallow the strange fruit hanging from my family tree because of your audacity to say all men are created equal in the eyes of God but disparage a man based on the color of his skin. Do not say you do not see color. When you see us, see us. We can't breathe. Hi guys, I'm Mike. I'm Asia. We'd like to welcome you to Real Talk. Um, as you know, most of our previous conversations have been about empowering, building relationships. But today, we're going to talk about something that is hitting our community like a firestorm. And that's along with the Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, that issue. Um, but more so how it affects you, Asia, as being, being a single mother of four children, black children at that. Mm -hmm. um, because I know me as a male, how my view of it, but, and I also have four daughters, but how does it affect you? And what are you telling your children and how is it affecting them? And because most of your, your children are preteen, adolescent, they're right there at that age mm -hmm. of understanding. And then not so understanding, because I know I had, a, I had to have a long conversation with my six-year-old a couple of weeks ago. So this is, it's affecting everybody differently. How's it affecting you? Um, you know, my girls, it's a little bit easier to have that conversation with them. And I don't, 
it might sound crazy, but I don't have the same, I have fear as it relates to all my children. But the level of fear that I have is increased when it comes to my boys. Um, I always say that like, when I send my girls out into the world, I mean, it's it's not a good expectation, I guess, but you, you kind of have that thought process that like, you know, when I send my girls out into the world, someone will stand in front of them because they're women. But when I send my boys out into the world, they're expected to be the ones in front. They're expected to be the protectors. They're expected to put themselves out there. Um, and then I look at just the pure size of my children. Like, you know, we both have a six-year-old, but Elijah is my six-year-old, and he runs around here with these other kids that are nine and 10 years old, and he's the same size as them. Like, I have to constantly remind them, you guys, he's only six. So I have, it makes me look at him and look at his size and realize, like, not only am I going to be raising a Black man, but I'm going to be raising a big-ass Black man. Right, right, right. (laughs) So by sheer size, he's going to be intimidating. And then, you know, Josiah is right behind him because Josiah is three years younger than him, but more than half his height. So, and I look at their father, who's like six two, three something. He's a big dude. So, it's not only their size. It's not only the fact that they're men. It's not only the fact that they're black, but it's the fact that you know, a lot of people in this world see them as a threat. So you add their size and their skin color to that. Right, and it's interesting that um, you mentioned the um, the differences between your daughter the daughters and your sons because and it was brought and it was it was a surprise it was a shocking fact to me um but i had a conversation well i was kind of drugged into a con not i won't say drug into the conversation i kind of happened in onto the end of it in the middle of a conversation and there was a misunderstanding my coming in because i didn't know everything that you understand that previous to that. Mm-hmm. And the comment was made that, you know, um, black men need to start standing up for women. And y'all need to do y'all part. And it's not just about like black lives started, um, the Black Lives Matter movement started because of men, but what about us? And you know, I kind of I was taken aback and then I was offended. Because I was, because me, because you know, I, I, I help teach a self-defense class. I teach a self-defense class. I mentor kids. I've done um, uh, the Boys and Girls Club. I did the doctor school, um, coaching football, men, you know what I'm saying? Mentoring stuff, you know, going through that type of situation. So I feel that I was trying to do my part by making or helping make these young men, these young boys become better men. Mm-hmm. That's a plug for all the saying, brothers out there that didn't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> making good men better. Mm. Uh, but even with that being said, it was an alarming fact that it is 
that women, black women, are two and a half times more likely to be killed by police officers than black men. Mm. And once I found that out, I was like, whoa, because all the reports that we see are all about, okay, all these men have been shot. I'm saying all these men have been killed. But my thing is, what about now? It's like, okay, what about the black women? Who and how do we protect them? I mean, I think it was Malcolm X that said it like, right? Like the most endangered is the is the black woman. You know, right. disrespected and <laughs> so on and so forth is right. the black woman. And that's real. Like you don't hear, I mean, other than like Breonna Taylor or Sandra Bland or, you know, um, those stories that happen to catch a certain amount of media attention, um, you don't hear about the plight of black women. And I mean, Black Lives Matter was started by black women. Yes. Like black women have been on the forefront of so many different movements. Um, and yet we are extremely unprotected. I guess for me, it's like with my girls, it's easier for me to have those conversations, understand what it is they have to deal with, understand how they have to navigate certain things, understand what situations they need to avoid because I'm a woman. Right. Right. So there's certain things that I can I, just innately I get, but I'm not a man. I'm not a boy. So that with my sons, that's where the that's where the 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 difference comes into play for me because um, I don't know how to. I can't teach my sons how to be a man. You know what I mean? I don't believe that as a woman, I can teach my son how to be a man. I believe that I can teach my son how to be a good human being. I believe that I can teach my son, I can show my son how a woman should be treated. I can teach my son empathy and sympathy, all of those things. But what it is to think like a man and be a man, I don't have that. But you, but, okay, and interestingly enough to say that, so what is it that you think being a man entails as far as teaching them something that you by nature don't have? I don't know. And that <laughs> therein lies the problem. <laughs> therein lies the problem. Therein li like, yeah, there are certain things that I could talk to them about, but there are certain things that I know my boys are going to look at me and say, mommy, you don't understand. You know what I mean? You don't know what it's like. You don't get it. You, and and I, can, I can understand that and appreciate it because there will be certain things that my girls will go through that if they tried to have a conversation with their father, he'd be like, what? Like, nah, go talk, talk to your mom. I got nothing for you. <clears throat> me having, and see with me having girls, I... I mean, now up until, I guess, recently, my daughters and I were like, we talked about everything. Like, my daughter was like, hey, we need to go bra shopping. And the, 
then this is my oldest and this is my oldest daughter so we're in the store and i and i know and i remember this i know we're in the store and now granted she has this we're shopping for her first bra but she since i've seen her she's grown because i mean this is during the summer because i'm back military i'm back she's with me she's like dad i need bras we go to the store so i'm not i'm looking at her like okay we we out of training training is over with so now we need to get take you to get measured so we know what you need mm-hmm. and i know some of the ladies that were in that section look at me like maybe this perverted ass dude no it's not about that but you have to adjust your thing because now she's with me so all the things that her mom didn't talk with her about or haven't hasn't had that conversation or I don't want to say, I don't, I hate to use that word, but failed to do at that time. Um, now that's on me. And I, you know what I'm saying? And I have to take up that. But I yeah. guarantee you, if you ask her if there were conversations that she didn't feel like she could have with you because you were a man, she would tell you yes. Now, Bridget, there might have been a lot of conversations that you could absolutely have, and I fully get where you're coming from, but there are certain conversations, certain things, certain feelings, certain situations that you want to go to another woman about. I feel like with my boys, inevitably, it will be that same thing. Now, there's a fix to that. You get what I'm saying? There's definitely a fix to that, which is not only do they have their father, but you make sure that you have other strong, smart, capable men around in their lives and fill in that space when you can. But that—that—that's not so much the thing that I'm worried about. It's just. So what you're saying is, I'm saying. So what you're saying is, your 13 year old son wakes up. Like you get up in the morning, y'all getting ready for school, and he's taking sheets and he's putting them in <laughs> in the washing machine. He's like, "Hey, I just wash clothes." You saying? This yeah, I'm not gonna press him about that. Call <laughs> his father and be like, "Hey, he little squirtle squirtle at night. How that your boy? Tell him to handle his scandal. You know what I'm saying? The boy ain't got no more socks. You know what I'm <laughs> All my towels are real crusty. Like when those things start to happen, that's when you lean into the men. Yes, and say, hey, get your boy. You know what I mean? Get your boy. Um, but that's not so much it, as much as it's like the concerns and the fears that I have when it comes to my, my sons, because that's specifically what we're talking about, are, I recognize are not fixable things. Okay. But it's just how do you manage that without becoming obsessive? Right. Like, you know, we just moved um, to North Carolina, and the area that we moved to, it's a lot of white people. So the people we, you know, we are staying with are white. <laughs> you know what I mean? For the most part, or at least I look white. And so when the little boy from the neighborhood behind us, you know, when the one of the kids here is like, oh, I want to go play at Timothy's house. And he's like, can I bring Elijah with me? I have a moment of pause because I'm like, hmm, I've seen MAGA hats around here. 
I've seen Trump signs around here. Right. I've seen Confederate flags around here. And right. I have to ask myself, is it safe for me to send my son? Because the little boy that's going over there is not completely white, but he looks white. My son does not look even remotely white. He extra chocolate, just came from the beach. You know what I'm saying? So I have that moment of fear because I'm like, can I send him over there? Like, is it going to be okay? Are they going to give him a problem? Is it going to be an issue? And, and so then it's like, well, I don't, I don't really want him to go. But he wants to go and he wants to play. And I don't want him to feel like he has to live in this constant state of fear of people that don't look like him because that's counterintuitive of what I want for him. Right. So it's just those moments. It's those because moments. Most like, kids, because yeah. most kids don't, kids don't think that way. Kids see, exactly. hey, it's another kid. And I'm not worried about the little kid. You you have to, I would say this, you do have to worry about kids. And yeah, I, and but I, Tim, I, see, I wasn't worried about it because he's been over here. Okay, okay. You get what I'm saying? So he's been over here playing with all of them. So I already knew that wasn't a thing. But see, the kid is not indicative of the parent. That is, exactly. And because, I'm like, I don't want to have to come <laughs> through here and be the big black angry mama coming to beat you up because you just said something crazy to my, you know what I mean? And then I have my own experiences from growing up. Um, what I, you know, a lot of people my age um, haven't necessarily experienced overt racism, but I did because my, my stepfather was stationed in England. And when I was younger, and we lived, you know, on the base. And oh my goodness, like <laughs> my first memory of like being in school, and I had to maybe be in like first grade, um, was going to an all white Catholic school. And it was two little girls fighting over me at lunchtime. And I didn't realize that it was a bad thing. And I went home and I was so excited. And I told my mom like, oh, they were fighting over me. And she was like, they were fighting over you, what you mean? And they were like, I want to play with the nigga. No, I want to play with the nigga. And I didn't understand, you know what I mean? And like, when, so we came out of that school, we moved to another base um, in Bent Waters. And it was like, we, me and my cousin, cause my cousin was staying with us at the time. It was constant. It was like, kids would call us stupid kid nicknames but as an adult you recognize what they're doing like they would call us burnt cookies burnt oreos you know what i mean like tar babies things like that you know and my mom was like a fighter and i remember her taking a bat to this lady because we're playing on the swing set behind in the park behind her house and she came out, you niggas get off my swings. You niggas get out of here. Y'all go home. And we went home and told my mother, my mother, she ain't called nobody in that neighborhood a nigga again. But all I'm saying is, it was something that I experienced myself. You know what I mean? Like, so. And I had some of that same type of experience in school. Like, um, the school I graduated from was a small school in Georgia. And there were, as, I mean, it's about maybe two or three families, and they got that old money, especially mm-hmm. running through the country. And then, so you got these people that sit on, you know what I'm saying, superintendents, you know what I'm saying, they work at the courthouse, they work, they work in the school, they hold those positions. 
And mm-hmm. there were a few people that, you know, because their, pe- their parents, uncles held those positions, felt that they could do and say whatever they want. I had a few of them try me, and they found out real quick that I wasn't the nigga you was just gonna talk to like that. <laughs> was it your average nigga? Oh yeah, I, I ain't, you know what I'm saying, I ain't your average nigga. Like the, the, uh, the matter of fact, I had this conversation with my best friend this weekend um, because we were talking about the Black Lives Matter movement. <clears throat> and I'm talking about a, the assistant principal his son was in our class. And I don't know what got into him that day, but we, and I remember we were in our chemistry class and the dude called me a nigga and I picked up the desk and I threw it at him. The whole desk. So yeah, you know what I'm saying? And that was our assistant principal, that was his son. Like, I don't care. His uncle, and his uncle was the superintendent. I don't care. (laughs) We, I mean, an unfortunate event. We had um, one of the guys, he committed suicide in high school. And it got around to a lot of the students that one of the, um, matter of fact, because of that same reason, I fought this dude, but it was a lot earlier on. And, but I didn't have the issue with him after that. Um, <laughs> but his mom, his mom was a teacher. His grandfather was prominent in the community. But it got around the school, and we were in high school by now, um, that he was like, just one less nigga we got to deal with. Mm. After this guy had committed suicide. And he came to my best friend in tears, like, I didn't say that. I would have never said that. You said that type of situation. So I've, you know what I'm saying, I've dealt with, and been in the military, dealt with racism. <laughs> is surprising to me also how with everything that's also going on shifting gears from you saying you to like right now that even in the military they're not addressing the racism issue directly they still kind of skirt around it like it doesn't exist like hey we're all equal opportunity you say organization they're not well that's because they would have to change the system itself and that's what needs to happen <laughs> that's what needs to happen but you know the old guard they don't like new shit so that's like, <laughs> yeah. right <laughs> but it's like sometimes like i even find myself now questioning if i'm just hyper aware because of everything that's happening right now or if it's just people are just that bold um because like i had an experience over the weekend um, I won't name any names, but there was um, in within the larger group of people we were with. And like I said, right. I'm the only person with this kind of melanin in our, my skin, me and one other person, right? And, uh, Look at us. This chocolate, this level of chocolate in my skin. Yeah. But um, there was another older white woman there and she came up to me and she was like, well, what's your name? And I was like, it's Asian. She was like, oh, okay, that's pretty. And I'm like, okay, thank you, right? But about 15 minutes later, we're standing outside and she walks up to me and she says, what was your name again? Anastasia, LaQuasia, what was it? And I looked at her and I was like, 
You can drop the N and keep the stay. It's just Asia. And there's no Q. It's just Asia. You know what I mean? But I felt that. Yes. Because I'm like, you didn't you didn't walk up to the girl standing next to me, who's obviously mixed with something, and ask her if her name was Lupita. You get what I'm saying? Right. You didn't forget her name. You feel me? And her name got more syllables than mine. But for you to make that jump and that leap, you know what I mean? And I hate when people have to say things like, oh, but she's not racist. I'm not racist. If you have to tell me that you're not racist, you're probably racist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but you, I, I had to question myself that night because I was really agitated by it. Right. But I was like, was that like a racist moment or am I overly sensitive, hyper aware because of everything that's going on right now? You know what I mean? Like, am I, am I tripping into my own bias? I think, I mean, well, I will, having not been there, I would say yes. No, not that you're, not that you're tripping. You're not making a leap. That, okay. That's not a leap. Like you're know saying. She tried. Was, she tried. Okay. Um, like me and Lisa were walking through a grocery store in Washington State. Matter of fact, we were there for the time that we lived in in Washington State. Um, kind of put this in perspective. When Django came out, we went to the movie opening night. There were two black people in that packed theater that saw Django. What, you and Lisa? Me and Lisa. <laughs> the lights were off when we walked in. And I mean, the theater was packed. You know what I'm saying? You should have heard the laughing and giggling. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Ha, 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 ha. Um. The lights came on. And we stood up and looked around. Everybody walked out in silence. Um. Out of a packed theater like, uh-oh, like, should we have been left? We were there six months before we ever saw another Black person in Walmart. Um. They have a section in Walmart in the, I guess, healthcare, beauty supply Oh, section. the locked the lock ethnic section? No, 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 it's not locked, but it does say ethnic. Uh-huh. You know, so uh, it's there. We were actually, we were walking through uh, Safeway. And a guy came and was like, y'all look good together. And you look so exotic. What? What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Like, so people, and so I don't think it's the fact of being hyper-aware or overly sensitive, people will try you to see just how far they can push you or what they can and cannot, you know what I'm saying, get away with. Uh -huh. So they can, you know what I'm saying, do that to somebody else and get punched in the mouth. Yeah, and then it's like, you have to be careful, right? Because it, it's a thing, especially as a black woman, it's like you have to navigate this line of code switching all the time because <laughs> you will be offended or bothered by something, but it's like, 
it's almost like you can't react in the way that you want to react because you don't want to fall into the trope of the angry black woman always got a problem with everything smelling like shea butter emotions hair lotion you know what i'm saying like you don't yes you don't want to become you don't want to fall into the stereotype yeah and so i sometimes will find myself in situations with people who don't look like me and have to like do i say something do i not say something do i just leave it alone does she know she's being offensive if she asked me to touch my hair one more goddamn time you know what i mean like it's it's constantly that thing and it's like going back to what we were talking about before with the kids it's like preparing yourself for like preparing them for that because we we can march right now to we're blue in the face we can do all those things but it didn't take us a year to get here so it's not going to take us a year to get out of this place exactly you know what i'm saying so it's my kids kids will be grown i think before you would see some type of true leveling out. And that's really what I believe. And at that point, I'm like, I'm not here. You know what I mean? So, but not just because, I mean, we've had some upticks, but not in the areas that where it matters. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> things have not gone away. They just taken different forms. You know exactly. what I mean? And that's, and that's what, in saying that, trying to explain that to so my martial arts teacher him and his wife um they made a few posts and i mean to me the posts are very offensive to me um why does it have to be black lives matter why is it not all lives matter oh Um, god you know and to me for him to be a minority in America because as a as being Puerto Rican Hispanic, he is a minority here. Uh-huh. Um, and he came into the US in the 50s or 60s uh-huh. um, into the military. So he's prior military. <clears throat> he um, you know he was a golden knight. So he's so he's done so he's experienced racism on a much higher level than I than I ever will. I, mm-hmm. you saying, I know that on a personal level. He's experienced that. So to not think that um, black lives it has to be it has to be all lives and not black lives and seeing what's going on. I I'm I don't think I don't think he's racist, but I think that, like I I explained to someone else, if and and I put it on my post and I and I put it on the post and I wanted them to see it as well because they I mean they follow my social media fairly well, and I wanted them to see it because how can you expect somebody extreme that's far extreme to change the way that they think, but you will not change the way that you think yeah. when it comes to, because if my life doesn't matter, then all lives don't matter. 
Exactly. I mean, like, I, I whenever people are like, well, why isn't that all lives matter? I'm like, but just add the two. Just add the two. You get what I'm saying? Like, the two is silent at the at Black Lives Matter. It's Black Lives Matter two. You get what I'm saying? Exactly. Add it to the end of that. And I, I'm like, and if you still can't get clarity based off of that statement, then you got some some, some stuff you need to work out. I think as far as like being from New York and being around brown people who are biased, I've definitely, that is not like what you're experiencing is not something that's unfamiliar to me because right. I definitely know what it's like to, you know, Puerto Ricans don't like the Dominicans. The Dominicans don't like the black people, but we all the same color. You know what Puerto I'm saying? Ricans like, Puerto Ricans don't like the Mexicans. Like, yeah, it's and it's like when it comes down to it, you know, the the oppressors look at us all the same. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Like they look at us all the same. It's the same amount of bias there. Um, our fight is your fight. Your fight is our fight. You know what I mean? Like that's what it, that's what it boils down to. But I think sometimes people come in and it's so it's like um, growing up with in with a, in a West Indian household. So I'm first generation born in this country. Um, how they look at American black? Yes, you know what I mean. So um, I remember like meeting my great grandmother, and like one of the first things she said, she was, you know, she was just like, "Oh, you're damn Yankee," you know what I mean? Like, right, right, it's right. This sense of like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, you can't be like them. And I'm like, but we are them. They, we just got dropped off earlier than they did. You know what I'm saying? They dropped us off first and the ship kept going and dropped off the rest of them. Like, what you mean? We are the the same them. Like, it's not that much of a difference. But it is, um, I just think when you're brown, no matter what version of brown you are, a lot of times, just for the sake of feeling slightly less oppressed, you will find yourself stepping on the necks of those who are as who are as oppressed as you are. So it's like I'm bad, but I'm not that bad. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? I'm homeless and I live in a shelter, but I look down on the homeless people that live on the street. Yeah. We all right. are homeless. You right. know what I'm saying? But it's like, but I'm in this shelter though. I'm not on the street. Like That's you. Right. you know what I'm my boxes got bricks. Yeah, like I'm yeah. under the bridge. You under what? Oh, pet. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's that, it's that. But it's like it's it's hard for people. I think people, our people in general, are just struggling so hard to come out of that oppression that we turn around and oppress ourselves. Exactly. You know what I mean? That internalized hate is real it was taught to us it was given to us and we adopted that and because you know it can go layers you go down to colorism sexism all of those different things all the isms right you know what i mean they come from somewhere and that is the thing like even when i see like people talking about the protesters, people talking about the rioting, people talking about the people trying to go into politics, black people becoming police officers, like those conversations agitate me because I'm like, when you, this is the example I give, when you, have you ever seen someone, like when they use the lasers 
to combat the cancer cells. Right. It's never one laser going d- 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 at all the cancer cells. No, it's multiple Most lasers coming from different angles to combat this disease. And so I'm like, when racism is a disease and you have to attack it from multiple angles. So right. you have to have your protesters. Shit, you gotta have your rioters too. You gotta have your people who say, I'm not gonna protest, but I'm gonna go run for office. Right, and you have to have those people that say, hey, I'm not gonna run for office, but guess what? I'll support you, so they donate. Exactly. So there are different, you're saying there are different layers of how you exactly combat this problem yeah, even with policing even with like black people becoming you know police officers you look that crazy for becoming a cop but it's like for me growing up like in my running we didn't really that wasn't really a thing for us like for me i did not have i had a respect for the police but i didn't have a fear because the people the police officers that worked in my neighborhood we knew them Right. You know what I mean? That's, like that's community put that yes. was community. We knew them. Like, Denzel yeah. Washington, his his brother and his wife are both were both my running police officers. And she used to run the DARE program. You know what I mean? So everybody knew her. Everybody knew them. You knew them. When they when they would be walking up the street and you was they'd be like, I, I, what you doing? Do I need to call your mother? You know what I mean? Like, it would be that level. And I'm like, the reason why we don't have community policing is because we have become so distrustful of the police that we won't become them. And then when we become police officers, because I, you know, with, like with Sean, who was trying to become a police officer, like we had the conversation of, do you feel like you have to make a choice between being black or being blue? And he was like, I don't feel like I have to make that choice, but my people make me feel like I have to make that choice. You know, I, um, you know, I have family that's, you know what I'm saying? My uncle uh, is deputy, chief deputy in Atlanta, or the deputy chief in Atlanta. He, he, mm-hmm. Over 30 years, he's retired um, at the end of the year. And I hear some of the conversations that my aunt has um, as far as the rioting, the protesting, and and what, how she feels about it, and so there is uh, to a certain degree, I, I I do agree with what she's saying. Like I said, I'm not I'm not out here telling people, hey, you need to go riot, um, you need to break up stuff. But at the same time, and I'm myself, I'm not going to be involved in that type of you know what I'm saying foolery. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need that in my life. But you have to understand mm-hmm. that at some point, you know what I'm saying, you're not saying MLK mindset is not has not gotten through to some people. Um, okay, some stuff is gonna get broken. I don't want I don't I don't want anybody's you know what I'm saying, business to be burned. I don't want anybody's, you know what I'm saying, glasses to be broken. That's not what I want. But at the same time, in the event of it happening, understand that people are, now some people are just out there doing it just for the fuck of it. And that's, you know what I'm saying, dead ass wrong. Yeah, but in the event that is, you know what I'm saying, dead ass wrong. 
But in the event that it's happening, you have to understand that these, we as a community, not as one person, as an entire, an entire community are upset, angry, and you're not listening uh -huh. to what we're saying. And you continue to let their bad behavior be okay. <laughs> and uh -huh. then our bad behavior be, you know what I'm saying, just against the law. Yeah, because what, what you, what you because, cannot make me understand is people getting mad about marches, but you got these people standing on the steps of city halls and other officials with like AK-47s and AR-15s and shit, you know what I mean, protesting because they didn't want to wear a mask. Like, what? You know what I'm saying? Like, but we're good with that. But when we get out there and we're marching playing our bongo drums and shit and we're just like black audacity peacefully you know what i mean right. like i'm like I, when they started yeah. breaking shit up my first thought was i bet you they wish we was taking just taking a knee now you know what i mean like, right. i bet you they and there were and i i've heard and i've heard a lot of people you're saying especially oh he, Disrespecting the flag, disrespecting the anthem. It had nothing to do with the flag. That was Trump's rhetoric. But, but, people picked but, it up. But but even prior to that, I, I prior to that, I um, I've heard you saying from some people, um, and then even people close to me. Um, he's dis you saying from the he's disrespecting. I was like, do you know? Do you understand the reason behind that? His platform is. Sun is Sunday afternoon. Uh -huh. That is his platform. Like during the week, you know what I'm saying? Okay, they he might have a Thursday game, he might have a Monday game, but his that is his platform. That is where he's seen the most. And he's doing that to bring recognition to a problem. And the more people that recognize that problem and see it as a problem, we can start moving forward. The suggestion for him to take a knee was given to him by a Marine because initially he was just sitting and he was like, don't sit, take a knee. So he did that, right? And I'm like, and then on top of that, come on. When people say, oh, it's disrespectful to our military, what the fuck do you think the military is going to fight for so that we can maintain the right to be able to do that shit? You understand? I'm like, I'm sorry. The, the right to be able to exercise our constitutional rights is the, is, is, the, is the purpose, right? So when he does it, then how is that disrespectful to the military? And I am not former military. I'm, I'm only speaking to someone who is former military. <laughs> but hey, 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 but look, like I said, you know what I'm saying? Those posts, you know what I'm saying? Now the NFL is a stage for, you know what I'm saying, thugs and combatants, you know what I'm saying, to, to disrespect the anthem and the flag when most of the majority of the NFL are black people. Can we bring this conversation full circle around now? Because when the what? issues that people had with the NFL was these NFL players beating on their black wives and girlfriends and baby mamas, oh, it wasn't a problem then. It was That's his personal issue. That has nothing to do with what he's doing on the field. That has nothing to do with the... I, 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 
You understand? Absolutely. Absolutely. But now... I got more mad about a man fighting some dogs than you did. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And the thing was, it wasn't him. It was just, it was people he knew. Mm -hmm. I, I won't even get into that because I, because <laughs> I, you know what I'm saying, I was, a, nah, I can't say even associated with those people because I don't do that either. I, you know what I'm saying? I love pit bulls to death. But at the same time, I did know some of the people that were involved in it. I was like, nah, I, I, can't, I can't rock with y'all. But it wasn't even him. It's just the fact that he bought the property. He owned the property. But I'm like, people pick and choose when they want to be righteous. People pick and choose when issues matter to them. People pick and choose when we're supposed to have an issue or how we're supposed to express our issues, how we're supposed to, and it's like, I'm over it. I'm over it. Because like bringing it back to even we're talking about my kids, I want to look, I want to be able to look at my son and tell my son, you don't let nobody disrespect you. I don't care who it is, somebody with a badge, somebody with whatever. If you feel like you're being disrespected, you stand up for yourself. But I realize that if I say that to my son, I am risking his life. Absolutely. And so even, I have even, to tell him and even, and even thing your that I've heard. And even your daughters. Exactly. If you're saying for that fact. Because again, you say bringing it around full circle, like with um, your women. Mm. And black women is that. I'm saying women early 1900s and even now, I'm saying looked at as second class citizens. Mm -hmm. And now you add being black on top of that. Mm. So what does that put you on the totem pole? You're a double minority. Oh, and don't what? be gay. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. You're saying? You hung up. No, 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 no. But see, but the, but you know, an absolute, and it's you say that, but you think about between the LGBT and community and the Black Lives Matter movement. You go in there and you say something about, okay, we need. We need, we need black lives. They're going to be like, okay, we'll look at that. You go in there and say, hey, we need, we need, we need LGBTQ. And they were like, we'll make it happen. It's almost like now that in a sense to get anything done, you would have to be gay. To even have the gov the government move, you know what I'm saying? Not if you're black. Not if you're black. I mean, there was contention even within people bringing up, like, that's why people had changed it from Black Lives Matter to all Black Lives Matter because the black trans community was being taken out at a ridiculous rate and people were just kind of like, mm, but they're, they're not, they're different. They're not us. So it still counts against you. Like the Stonewall riots, all of these different moments, black people have been at the forefront of so many different social causes, but we often get the whitewashed version of that. 
You know what I mean? Like there was a whole group of black women involved in the suffragette movement, but you don't see them. No. You know what I'm no. saying? No. You don't see them. You see the white women and more power to you, but you don't see them. Even the feminist movement, you don't see them. You know what I mean? Those issues don't are those issues, you know, it becomes like, well, this is about all of us. And it's like, yeah, but there is another layer to being black and a woman. There's another layer to being black and gay. You know what I'm saying? There's another layer to, you have to add that other layer. And people don't take that into consideration that if you wake up as a black person, every day you are struggling, but you add one more element to it and it doubles your struggle. <laughs> and I, I feel you that, but see, the thing, and the reason I mentioned that, um, that that LGBTQ community is because when you say, when they say we, that that's inclusive to to a degree, to a bigger, a small degree, that's inclusive of black people, white people, Puerto Ricans. You're saying any immigrants here. You're saying that are here. You can't go in and say, okay, black lives and we need and we need because that separates every, you know what I'm saying, everybody else from us. Mm -hmm. So when they're going to say we need transit the bathrooms, okay, we can do that because now they can say they did something, something for us. But it wasn't for us, mm -hmm. it was for a whole another set of people mm -hmm. a community that did you know what I'm saying that what that just happened to just happens to include us include us yeah I mean I, yeah I can see that side of it I could definitely see that I still just say like I said that but as black people we are just at a disadvantage however with that being said I feel like you have to have the other side of this conversation which is I do not believe that black on black crime is a thing. Crime is about proximity. So we that's I, a that's I, I definitely believe that. I do. Yeah, crime is in proximity. When white people kill other white people, we don't call it white on white crime. It's just you killed the person over there. So but I will say that the crabs in a barrel syndrome amongst black people is astronomical. Like, it is often, I believe, sometimes what hinders us. Like, I like, I remember when, you know, when everything kind of really took off with the George Floyd stuff, and you know what I mean? And people were, like, all over social media. One of the things I kept seeing was this argument about colorism. This argument about, well, dark-skinned girls, light-skinned girls, dark-skinned guys, light-skinned girls. It was like, I, and I was like, maybe I'm just tripping. But I kept seeing it more and more and more. Like, oh, y'all want me to go out here and fight for all Black lives, but we, we y'all don't even treat each other right within the da-da-da-da. And I don't know if my idea or my thinking was right, but it was just mine. But it was just like, there's a time and a place for that fight. And that's one of those things where it's like, you know, like growing up, you would be like, we keep family business in the family. You know what, what I'm saying? <laughs> like, what, what happens in this house stays in this stays house. Stays in this house. And it was kind of like, yeah, that's an issue we need to deal with, right? That's something within our communities that we need to deal with. But right now, let's fix the, let's fix the umbrella 
before we start worrying about the puddles underneath. Like if I if I can't stay dry, I can't fix the wetness underneath me. Right. You know what I'm saying? That stuff. It was just like, what are y'all doing? You know what I mean? Like there's an opportunity for us to all come together and and fight behind this cause and get behind this movement and try to create an equal playing ground playing field for all of us so that then we can turn around and continue to do the work within our own communities. Right. You know what I mean? Um so that's one thing. The other thing though is that I do think that we um we don't take care of our own in the way that we should. Like we I feel like the thing that was always taught was like, you got to get out, right? Like when you, you go to college, you get a degree or you get a good job, you get your people and you get out. And um, like people don't necessarily believe in the black tax anymore where it's like, okay, I got, I get out, right. but I have it's, to go back and get somebody you're else. Saying, yeah, you're saying, the, like, you're saying you don't get it. It's not a handout. You know what I'm saying? You want that hand down. Oh, they help, you know what I'm saying? They, you know what I'm saying? They help you, you know what I'm saying, get out of this that situation. And oh. it's, you know what I'm saying? Like paying it forward. You know what I'm saying? You get out, you help somebody else get out, they help somebody get out. I mean, other communities have the, I mean, you look at other communities. You look at the uh, the Hispanic community, the Jewish community, the Asian um, community. The Asian community. They're all, you know what I'm saying, because you think about, you look around, you know what I'm saying, uh, Florida, I, well, I know, because I've been in Florida a lot, I've been to New York once, um, but you think in all these places, and I know especially even in, um, in North Carolina, I mean, South Carolina, when I, you know what I'm saying, just moving from, uh, they have an a Asian section in, um, in South Carolina, like, it's, they all live in that section. You got little Haiti in Florida. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. You got the, you know what I'm saying, uh, little China. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Parts of that community, like where that's their community. That's where they shop. I, and they support each other. They move here. Everybody live in the same house. Everybody, you know what I'm saying, getting out, helping up. You know what I'm saying? Okay, we're gonna bring okay now we got 15 people in the house. Now we got five. Guess what? We're gonna be five more. And we're just gonna keep this moving and keep doing the same thing. In the black community, there's not that dynamic. Uh -huh. Everybody is for themselves. And yep. if they get out, you know what I'm saying? And that's and even with that mindset, um, you got okay, you got it. I don't got it. Well. Nah, I gotta take it from you. Nah, I'm gonna take yours. Mm -hmm. Because they don't, you know saying they don't come back because a lot of people, they, you know what I'm saying they don't come back to help. They exactly. come back to floss. Exactly. Yeah. And so, oh, you out here flossing? Let me get that. I'm gonna show you. Yeah. you know what I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna show you what you know what I'm saying what that's gonna get you. Mm -hmm. And that's what you get in the black community. And it's sad and terrifying. Yeah. At the, all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Cause you like you want to push your people to to come up, to build, to grow, to reinvest, to do all of those things the same way other yeah. communities do. But then it's just like that crabs in a barrel. Like they gonna eat you alive when they let you back into the wild. You know what I mean? Like right. 
You know what I'm saying? Because every people get mad. People, you know what I mean? People don't respect it. People try to, they feel like you're trying to cap or you're trying to flex, like you said. And they don't want to see you grow because they, they get bitter. And I'm like, I don't know what the answer to that is other than um, people got to start paying that black tax again. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we got to start paying that black tax again. It has to be something that is normalized again in our community because we weren't always like that as a people. But it no. has to be something that is normalized within our communities again where we say, okay, look, I got this job. I, I, You know what I mean? I, I came up in this way. So let me help someone else come up in this way. And now the two of us can help two other people come up in this way. Like reinvest into your own communities reinvest into your you get some money and you buy some property you go back into your neighborhood and you buy property in your neighborhood you know what yeah. i'm saying and you Absolutely. fix that up and you help and you teach other people in your community to get to where you got you know what i'm saying like whatever information i have whatever things that i learned i pass that on like we talk about like me doing my marketing and my flyers and all of that stuff for other people but i don't really charge people for that because i'm like it's a skill set that i learned in order to help promote my own stuff so I mean, I do need to start charging. <laughs> it's a skill set that I learned. Hey, hey, that's hey. It's an income stream. It's a revenue yeah. stream. A stream but of my, revenue. That's what part of the reason why I don't is because that is how I think. I'm like, you know what? I know how to do this. It takes me five minutes to do a flyer or a post or something like that for myself. So this friend over here that's trying to start her business, let me help you. Let me do this for you. But not only am I, I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to show you how to do it yourself. Right. You know what I'm saying? And the hope with that is when I pass that skill set on to you, you'll show somebody else how to do it. Right. Yeah. And I and I totally understand that, but it's a lot of people, you know what I'm saying, like um in the military, what you want what we want to learn and how we teach is that we want our soldiers to hey, we might not make it back. So we want to teach the person that works for us or the people that work for us to do our jobs and the mindset that should be for the people that work under us. You want to learn level two levels above where you are. So because you might be put in a position, you know what I'm saying, to have to do that job. So you want to teach the people that work for you how to do what it is that you do. You know what I'm saying? Become a better person. Be that better, you know what I'm saying? non-commissioned officer, NCO. And they will, you know what I'm saying, take up that and teach it to someone else and keep that same mindset and teach it along the way and pass it down. But it doesn't always happen. And then like you said, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't always happen. Mm -mm. But um, if it did, things would be a lot better. Like, yeah. <laughs> for me, I can't fix the problem of feeling like that immense amount of fear when I send my sons into the world. The only thing I can do is put them in the best possible position to succeed. Right. Because if they're successful, then perhaps they can be the ones to push that change completely over. You know right. what I mean? It's like recognizing that the children we're raising now are the leaders of tomorrow. 
and you are really seeing differences because kids coming up now don't think the same way as their parents. They're, they have a freedom and an inclusiveness and an openness that was learned behavior for a lot of us. You know what I mean? That is natural to them. So it's promoting that. And for me, you know, pushing all my kids, like I always have this joke, when I named each of my children, I would put um, doctor or Esquire, <laughs> like before or after their names to see how it sounded, right? Like it would be like, you know, Dr. Elijah Johnson, Dr. Alicia Johnson, Dr. Julia Johnson. I just wanted, and it's not that I'm pushing my kids, you know, I, I'm immigrant family, but we don't all have to be lawyers and doctors and accountants and nurses. Right, right. It's right. Not it. But it's just- You got three jobs. Yeah. <laughs> it's just um, you know, giving them a name that speaks power onto them and gives them the best opportunities to succeed. Like I took those things into consideration. All my children's name <laughs> relate to yeah, God. My glass is empty. Yeah, my glass is empty. Go ahead. <laughs> All my children's names relate to God and power in some way. Like Alicia right. means humble before God, Jaleed means the gift from God. Elijah means the Lord is my God and Josiah means the fire of God. And it was just about knowing that like, I want to put my children in positions of power and purpose because right. they already, the deck is already so stacked against them because their mom and their dad got melanin in their skin. Exactly. And that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. So, I'm going to shift it from that, just a, just a tad bit. Stay in there, but not, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Um, having a conversation about um, position. So, someone asked me the question a few weeks ago. Um, <laughs> asked me the question a few weeks ago. Um, when did we, as uh, Black people, because a lot of people don't, a lot of black people um, or even people of color don't realize, you know what I'm saying, they vote, you know what I'm saying, party line specific. They're all, hey, Democrat, Democrat, Democrat. You know what I'm saying? No, there's nobody that really has done the research and understands the difference in uh, parties mm -hmm. between Republican and Democrat. And I think we as a community have been uh, more uh, by nature. Default. But yet, well, by default, you know what I'm saying? Or you know what I'm saying? By nature, you know what I'm saying? We, we're more reserved, you know what I'm saying? And we would, if we knew or read or even knew, because I mean, I, a lot of schools, they stopped teaching economics the way, you know what I'm saying, and civics when I was in school, you know what I'm saying? How government actually works. <laughs> you back, we was in school back in the 1940s. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? We, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, look, I took civics in school. So, you know what I'm saying? We learned how government actually worked. So, you know what that was called when I was going to school? What was that? American government. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Look, well, go ahead. Yeah. 
And what up with your civics in your home ec? <laughs> hey, hey, look, hey, look, hey, look, I was in home ec too. I did take home ec. But, uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm walking around. I bet you bake a mean cake, but go ahead. Hey, look, yeah, look, and I had to carry the little egg. Don't even, don't even talk about it. <laughs> we, we had a little crying dog, man. We had eggs. We had eggs. So, oh. but no, you know what I'm saying? They, they don't understand how government works. Oh. And they were, black people were mostly Republican. Uh-huh. Most Republican names like so. When did this big shift, you know, what I'm saying, change to where you know what I'm saying people, you know what I'm saying black people became democratic or a part of the Democratic Party. And for me, you know, what I'm saying looking back at it, I go back to between the 70s and the 80s when they made that big welfare shift. Oh, yeah, we're gonna start handing out this money. And as black people not being able to get those jobs. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, in those positions and being at home, mom, being at home, being a single mother at home and not being able to, you know what I'm saying, take care of your kids. Mm-hmm. You were like, hey, if they're going to give the money away, guess what? I And now I can, and now I am able to vote. I am going to start voting Democrat. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. It was that big shit. And if people would actually pay attention to what's happening in their government and vote for, you know what I'm saying, don't just pay attention to the presidential election. You got school boards, you got counselors, uh-huh. you got chambers of commerce, you know what I'm saying, superintendents. These are the people we need to start putting in those positions to make these changes to happen. Because these people, you know what I'm saying, that you put in these positions, okay, now they've done a good job here. Not, well, I won't say a good job. They've, you know what I'm saying, excelled at that job. Now, you know what I'm saying, they have that to ask their resume. So they move up the food chain in that government. Uh-huh. And we start seeing those changes. But people are so, hey, President Trump, hey, Biden, now, you don't like neither one of them, but who do you vote for? Oh, I feel like, um, oh, we're going down that road. Definitely not Trump. No. Um, I mean, like, yeah, no, that's like putting your hand in a grill and expecting not to get burned at this point. Like, come on. Um, Definitely not Trump, but I do think that this election, it speaks to exactly what you're talking about because you cannot make assumptions based off of Biden or Kamala for that matter. You have to, you have to shore up whatever it is they're going to do by making sure that the people that are on local for you can, 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 because you don't want to end up with another Obama situation where it's like you got the president that you wanted, but he can't do nothing because right. you don't have the Congress or the Senate that you need. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like they're fighting him at, on, at every turn. So you're going to have to, and we as a people are going to have to shore that up by participating in our elections and actually, like you said, knowing who's running, but better yet, running. Running. You know what I'm saying? Like running. There's no, 
you see what's happening with, my, with the begging, right? I and, see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you got to run for office. Right. You have to run. Like, there's no, um, there's no college degree that you get that makes you a more qualified politician. All yeah. of these people have different work back college educational experiences. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to tell me that AOC is not killing the game. And she was a bartender. You know what I'm saying? Like, and now, and look, and now she's all over everything. Everything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you have to run. And if you're not going to run, maybe you don't want to be the person on the stage because that ain't me. I got skeletons in my closet that don't need to be looked up. But I'm like, <laughs> But that doesn't mean I can't support a campaign. Yeah, but that doesn't mean I can't support a campaign. Right. That doesn't mean that I can't, you know, like I remember I watch a lot of uh, political things um, and I follow a lot of people on social media and stuff because I'm not the sit down and watch CNN type of person, but I'll catch a clip. I'll read an article. I'll see an interview. You know what I mean? Um, And I like to get my news from multiple sources. But I remember watching Angela Rye do an interview where she was talking about um, how the, it might have been, I think it was Angela Rye. But anyway, she was talking about how, um, why don't we have a black pack? Why don't we have a black super pack? Like, there was like, Jewish people have a pack. And that's that money, you know, they put that money in every month religiously but it gives them an immense amount of power when it comes to laws and government and you know what i mean elections and all of those things because you need money to run you know what i mean and they when they swing that money and that power behind their chosen candidate they have that because they can come together and say okay this is who we're gonna back but this is what we want in exchange for doing that it's like black people have the highest buying power in the country absolutely if if we took that ten dollars a month that's a pack of cigarettes a a, a bag of chips and a and a a soda you know what i'm saying like if we took that ten dollars a month hey my itunes account is you saying i can't i can't lose that Netflix costs more than that. Disney Plus, but who the fuck's more than that? I but cancel. Got it, I cancel. I cancel. I cancel. No, cancel. No. You're going to have to cancel one. Ain't nothing on Disney <laughs> right now anyway. But like, <laughs> if we took that same $10, $15, whatever you can afford to give and invested it into those packs, and then we can agree that we're not going to get everything we want every time. But we're gonna get the things that are, we can come yeah, up. That we're gonna we, get that some we need. Yeah. Shift that power. Shift that. We are not the minority. We are the majority, and that is why these white people are so scared. And, because and they I, see that. And I absolutely agree. And and what makes us a minority is our mindset. Yep. And how we, you know, saying we drag or pull each other down. Yep. If we would, act, you know saying, stand behind and support each other more, we get more done as a, as a community. Mm-hmm. But 
you can't get, you know what I'm saying, besides, uh, you know what I'm saying, a protest or a riot or, you know what I'm saying, get on YouTube and make a, you know what I'm saying, video type situation. You can't get us to come together for that. Because what they, because what most people want and what has, you know what I'm saying, the shifted in the, the has shifted in the mindset is immediate gratification. Mm-hmm. And they can't see and a change immediately is like, oh, nothing's being done. People don't it's invest not, in the long game anymore. Yeah, no, nobody, you know what I'm saying? They haven't learned that. And that, and that is something that, you know what I'm saying, coming through, um, going back, you know what I'm saying, the 60s and 70s, that people were, they saw, they was like, you know what I'm saying, MLK wasn't up there talking about, hey, tomorrow, you know what I'm saying, we gonna be good. He knew that, it, you know what I'm saying, whatever he was doing or what they, you know what I'm saying, Malcolm X, Booker T. Washington, none of those people saw, said that, hey, tomorrow, everybody gonna be all right. They knew that it was, it was a generational thing. Mm-hmm. And right now, that's how we need to have, you know what I'm saying, be thinking that it is generational. Maybe not even for our kids, but our grandkids or kids, you know what I'm saying, even, you know what I'm saying, great grandkids, that this will be something that, hey, they'll read about it in the history books, and they'll be like, things were really that way? But it's like, and we can't say that it didn't work. Because a no. lot of people are like, oh, yeah. we, I'm not, we're not Malcolm. I mean, we're not Martin. We're not Martin. Yeah, it, but it worked. It did. It worked. Yeah. It may not, it, it, but the problem is, it worked. But when they killed our leaders, nobody picked up. Not a lot of people picked up that, you know what I mean, that baton yeah. to carry that forward. It was right. kind of like, all right, we got the Civil Rights Act, run it. And then it was like, oh, work? Okay. Oh, we, we, can, uh, we can sit the counters now, we good. Oh, yeah. now, you know what I'm saying? Oh, oh and now, then it was we like, to, now we can go to school, you know what I'm saying, with everybody else. We good. You yeah, and then it was like, like, oh, yeah, y'all think y'all good? Let me drop this little sprinkle of crack in your neighborhood. See if you're good now. You know what I'm saying? Right. Let, me, let me do those. So it's, it's, it's always been a next hurdle, but it's not. It's like somebody has to pick it up. And in this case, I don't think it's any singular person anymore. It has to be the entirety. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. And... It ha- people have to take responsibility for their own stuff and their own communities and their own futures. Like, I cannot stand people who say, I ain't finna vote, it don't matter. And I'm like, you think you don't get to complain. You know what I'm saying? That's like right. when you cook a meal in the kitchen and somebody like, well, if I was cooking, you should have got your ass in that kitchen. <laughs> I don't want to hear nothing about it. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to hear nothing about it. So in the kitchen. If, if you, if, right, if you were cooking, right, absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. Now, if you get in that kitchen and the food still come out nasty, then we can have a conversation about my cooking method. <laughs> but at least you participated. <laughs> you understand? So, <laughs> we'll say, we'll so say, until then... So hey, look, it's Should it, I shut it the fuck look, up? Look, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs>
because they never want to. You could have <laughs> and cast your vote. You could have went. It would have like, come on, man. We spend more time on bullshit. You know what I'm saying? How much YouTube you watch this week, right? You know what I mean? Like, we spend more time on bullshit than we do on real shit. And I'm like, get up and go fucking vote. Because if you don't vote, you still voted. Exactly. Absolutely. You gave one less vote. Absolutely. And I would rather say, let's like with Trump. Oh, my God. I went and voted. And when I woke up the next day and I looked at my phone and it was so crazy because the picture that they used of him on CNN to say he won, it had this weird red background to it. It looked like hellfire behind him. Like he looked like the devil. The photo they used of him to say that he won had this red glow behind it. And I was, and so imagine I roll over and I look at my phone, I open the screen and it's like, boom. And I was like, what the like I was upset, but justifiably upset because it was like I really wouldn't sit on that damn line. For you know for all for look for like nothing. Yeah, yeah but I didn't for, see I, like I, as I disappointed as I was. Right, no, I still don't lie. <laughs> as disappointed as I was that she didn't win. Right. I still felt like I did my civic duty. And I felt like, how dare I not? Because people fought for my right to do that. So how dare I not? There are people who stood online and got beaten and hosed down and lives taken. You're not going to tell me people in the South weren't, they were getting lynched for right. trying to vote. You know and what that, I'm and saying? And, 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 and you talk about that. Like, it's a having our history where you know what I'm saying a lot of this stuff is just you can't even say whitewashed, erased, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, and dismissed about not just the just mistreatment, but and, and not just that, but how for instance, Wilmington. I was telling someone about that too. Um Wilmington in itself was like Oklahoma, a booming black community. And because you had that mostly black Republican party, and then you had them talking to Democrats, they made a whole different party. It was called a fusion party. People won't do history. They they don't wanna read about history. And you really, and even with that being said, they can't even, you couldn't even really find this history until recently. So, they made that party, and because they didn't want us to be in power, they brought in people to lynch, beat, you know what I'm saying, stand guarded, you know what I'm saying, polls. No, you can't vote. And after all that was done, they still went in and ran the mayor out because, hey, guess what? It wasn't time for the mayor to be reelected, you know what I'm saying? So instead of voting him out or keeping people from voting, they just ran him out of town. But how about this? This is how I look at it when it comes to voting. When you become a convicted felon in most states, you lose your right to vote. Why would they take it away from you if it didn't have value? Right. You're being punished. You're being penalized. 
and they're taking things away from you the same way, way you take away the phone and the PlayStation, whatever, from the kids. Because I know that this has value to you. So I'm going to take this but away. But you think about who is, who is mostly being criminalized. Yeah, us. But what I'm saying is that for people who say, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm like, no, it matters. Because if it didn't matter, they wouldn't be trying to take it away. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? It wouldn't yeah. be something that they would be like, I don't give a damn if you go to jail for 50 years. Here's a ballot. It don't matter. Right. You know what I'm saying? It don't matter anyway. So I'm like, to say it doesn't matter. No, you don't always win. That's what you say. You right. don't always get what you want. But you still participate in the process. You have to. You have to. Like everybody, I, don't, I want to, everybody don't want a participation trophy, though. I'm just saying, get down or lay down, bro, because those are your only two options. You get what I'm saying? You either gonna get down and you're gonna make this shit happen, or we're gonna yeah. run the fuck over you when you lay down as a result of yeah. not participating. But you can't, but you can't, but ask, but you can't complain about something again that you did participate in. Exactly. I wouldn't hear nothing about my cooking if you wasn't in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> you wasn't with me shooting at the gym. <laughs> he said, I need you there. You know what I'm saying? Throwing the ball. You know what I'm saying? Layups. Yeah, but we're seeing the consequences now of not participating. That's right. what it is. So many people did not go and vote in the 2016 election, and we are seeing the consequences of that now. White supremacy, which has always been a thing, but now is a more overt thing because they are being gaslighted by the leader of the free fucking world who I really believe I could I 100% know that my six year old could beat in a game of Scrabble you understand <laughs> like, that is where we are at as a country you know what I'm saying and I'm like get it together people you don't have to agree on everything but you gotta agree on some key things which is we are in a shit position as a country and therefore those of us who are already on the bottom tier are in an even shittier position we have yes. now transitioned into a shit whole country of our own well <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said i'm gonna encourage people to go and vote get your ballots yes, yes. You, said like, you can do it on you can do it on facebook if you log into yes. your facebook it says do you want to request a ballot yes. get your ballot and guess what if you're worried about it getting lost in the mail because you fucking with the post office most places most states allow for you to go and drop that ballot off so get in your car, plane, train, automobile, <laughs> get a ride, and go drop them ballots off. Yes. Because if you don't vote and you don't you participate, you don't get a choice, and you, you're always going to have that feeling of, well, what would have happened if I would have? You could have been that one swing. <laughs> That's a fact. Yeah. That's a fact. You know what I'm saying? I think I was watching Michelle Obama when she was saying it was one of the swing states where we lost by a margin of like 3,000, but 17,000 less people voted than normally would have voted because people looked at Donald Trump and was like, the dude from The Apprentice with the bad toupee ain't gonna win. Well, guess what? 
The dude from the Prince with the Bad Toupee won. And I feel like people should have known that people were waiting for him to come along because throughout his whole election, he was gaslighting those same people that when Obama got elected were big mad. Big mad. But you know what, though? That's what they get. Because if we tried to give you the nice black dad, and y'all ain't want that. Y'all ain't want that. So y'all brought in the angry old white man. And now... We about to double up on that angry old white man and bring you a black mama. <laughs> okay. I don't think that I don't think the world ready for that. We about what? to find out. I don't think they were ready what? for it, but they about to find out. A Jamaican and Indian? What? Hmm. Oh, but I, I was look, but I was told she wasn't, I, was, I was told she wasn't black though. I was told she wasn't black. Okay, we're gonna talk about that real quick. And white people, and I don't have a lot of white people, but somebody gonna listen to this. Somebody you know, who follows you is gonna listen to this, okay? Possibly. You Possibly. got all the white people on your page. Okay. But let me tell you something. White people, non-black people, <laughs> you do not get to dictate who is what. It is telling some, saying that she's not even black is this to me the equivalent of me saying all white people are the same or not you're not white like white people like to distinguish themselves based on origin i'm italian i'm jewish i'm polish i'm irish i'm all of those things well well, and i and let me let me do and i hear you and i know where you're going with it but i will tell you in most other countries in most other countries and i've traveled um when you go to germany black people white people they don't say i'm black german they're german mm-hmm. you're in uh um, somewhere else you know what I'm saying they are their country of origin that's where they're from mm-hmm. now not to say that say black people are treated you know what I'm saying differently in other countries as far as that that racism is that level of racism is not there maybe it's not the same but not to say it's not there but they don't we are not just americans we are african african americans we're black americans we're mm-hmm. not just americans and that's you're saying how that comes about but i'm like we are not a monolith and we are not Oh, come on. Like, first of all, like, I always like to joke that when two black people have a baby, you never know what you're going to get. Because as black people, we're one of the few groups of people that you just don't know what color that kid going to pop out. I know. I got four. Same mom, same dad, all different colors. So, we, because we are a melting pot of people. You know what I'm saying? That melanin variates. But nonetheless, we are a melting pot of people but when we get to sign when we go to sign that paperwork we fill out the documentation west indian is not on that list it's not east indian is not on that list it's not it's black and i 100 percent guarantee when she check off on that list she checked black she identifies as black she's not pulling a rachel dollars all and she's like <laughs> trans black she black right you know what i'm saying what i said earlier <clears throat> she's a cocoa butter emotions hair lotion 
black. Right. Mamie Tail. Burger Mom pressing grease black. <laughs> hot like, But it is like I that irks my spirit when I see white non people of color. Okay. Saying she not black. What makes you the judge on what is black and what is not black? Because the only thing I know for sure in this conversation is that you are not black. Right. And I'm like, so she's the parents of immigrants. If you want to be technical, other than Native Americans, we are all the fucking children of immigrants. You know what I'm saying? Some of us voluntarily, some of us involuntarily. You know what I'm saying? But I'm like, my mom not being born in this country does not make me any less black. Right. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't make me any less black. My daddy's still blackity, blackity, black, black. You know what I'm saying? So I said, my, my father's side of the family, midnight black. Blue black. I mean, my, my mother's side of the family, we got white, Puerto Rican, native. It's, it's all there. So even in the, the distinction between my my sister's kids, or my sister's plural kids and mine, like my nieces, they have those, like if you look at their hair, their hair is sandy blonde. Mm -hmm. And they have those green, hazel, gray eyes. Now you look at my kids, you can't really, you can't really see it in my kids. You wouldn't know it. But in her kids, you would think that her kids were mixed. Or, mm -hmm. uh, well, uh, between my three sisters, you would think that, well, two or more, three or more, but you wouldn't know it mm -hmm. looking at them. You, you can tell looking at them that they are other. Mm -hmm. So it ranges. There are different mm -hmm. levels of black, Puerto Rican, you know what I'm saying? Like, you go to Puerto Rico and there are people that are darker than me. And I mean, I'm not the lightest <laughs> of the people. Mm -hmm. you know? So that bothers me too. You're saying you're not really black. Yeah, I'm like, according to every piece of paperwork that I got to sign, I'm black. You know what I mean? I'm like, they don't give you a lot of options. You know how long that paper would have to be? I can put, <laughs> other, I can put, I can put other on there. I could put other, but then I'm going to have to always constantly explain what that other means. And then it's like, oh, you just trying to be special. Like, at the end of the day, I'm black. I'm black. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm blackity, blackity, black, black. You know what I'm saying? Like, I may not be cornbread, collard greens, and ham hocks black, I but I'm black. Like I was fed like that, though. No, I wasn't. I, I was no, nah, we ain't eat the slave portions, but nonetheless. I ain't look. But it doesn't matter because that was, that was, I'm black, and guess what? My heritage mixes with their father's heritage. You know what I mean? His father's side of the, their father's side of the family is from Camilla, Georgia. Like you know what I'm saying? Like they black, so it doesn't matter because my children take on all of those things. 
but right. they're still black. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I, I tell my kids all the time, like, you see these eyes? That's that Asian in your family. That's this, that's that, that's this. But at the end of the day, when they walk out in the world, they are black. Yes. And that's, and that's how the world sees them. Exactly. And that's how the world will continue to see them as black. Exactly. Well, I say this has been a very interesting conversation maybe we just should talk about stuff like this more often than that relationships because those relationships conversations don't go there. we'll see you know what i'm saying i'm pretty sure we'll be uh we'll get it we'll get it we'll figure it out